Welcome to episode 40 of the Horror Dads podcast. I am Jamie and I am joined by... Who are you? Hi, I'm John. John. What's up, buddy? Dude, what is going on, man? Not too much. I'm a little bit sunburnt, as you can tell. Me, Me too. We've been sunning. Yeah. It's summer as hell. I got that lobster forehead going on. Yeah, you're pretty. You're you're somewhat pasty though, in comparison to my my nice Italian you're skin. All I of have. Italian yeah. skin, yeah. But uh, yeah, we're in the throes of summer, and we're at episode forty, man, forty milestone. I know. Yeah. I feel like it is. Congrats to you. And I turned I turned forty this year, and yeah, in just two we, months. We turned forty today. Actually, I got a funny story about you turning forty in a minute when we talk about what we're buying, but. Uh, what is our episode topic today, man? We're going to do uh, Black Sheep of Franchises. So essentially the worst episode, or the worst Installment, entry yeah. yep, yep. of a uh, franchise. And we have some uh, pretty terrible ones picked up. Yeah, this is atypical for us. So if this is your first episode, uh, welcome. If you are returning, welcome back. Um, welcome but... back. <laughs> We our typical model. We talk about movies we love, or we interview people that love certain films. Um, so this is certainly atypical for us. But we thought it'd be fun to just like talk about maybe some movies that were a little bit of a miss for us that may have actually been a hit for others. Um, but uh, yeah, this can be a good one. We're going to talk about you know the black sheep of the the family for for yeah. Lack of a better and term. sometimes they're not even bad movies. They're just uh, happen to be the worst one. Yeah. For, for us, yeah. But I'll, I'll be honest, mine all suck. <laughs> um, yeah, I think four of my five suck, and one of them is just the worst of of the franchise. Yeah, I was going to say the one that you have in there yeah. that we actually are watching right now. Yeah. I, I was surprised to see on the list, but... Well, I thought it'd be a little contentious, and it would start some shit, yeah. you know? I knew that's why you picked it, too. I was like, oh. Get some people pissed, get some people talking. Stir some shit up with this one. Yeah, the reporters are going to be... You know, swarming in. Oh, yeah. Asking for a follow-up. <laughs> All right. So before we get to our uh, our films, uh, we do want to take a moment to dedicate this episode uh, to our good friend and patron, uh, Matt Bowman and his family. Uh, they just had a, a brand new child, Harper Anne Marie Bowman, uh, you know, born this June. So this one's for you guys. So thank you. Um, for being our friend, uh, Matt also has a, a podcast called the Championship Horror Podcast. Uh, they cover pretty similar content, so if you like us, you'd like them. Um, but this one's for you guys. Uh, so before we get in any further, I guess you want to talk some family stuff, man. What's been going on with with your with your fam? Anything specific? Yeah. So uh, the other day, my oldest son who's seven so the the little one who's three Riker he can handle scary stuff a little bit better than the older one although we're going through a little thing with him where he's really scared of uh something we're not sure but he won't even let us leave the room you remember when fine but now he's like we've been dealing with this Finley my oldest was uh terrified of um Moana and she kept saying like monst she was talking about monsty yeah it's similar thing probably right yeah, well, he's scared of Dr. Night-Night, oh. who I think is a character from that? something that Rylan watches that's not even scary, but in his mind now, it's this scary fucking... Yeah. He has this uh, conception that every time we leave the room, we're going to turn into a monster. 
So he keeps saying like, oh, don't, don't leave. You're not going to turn into a monster, are you? And we're like, no, we're not. Just getting a glass of water, yeah, bud. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get your juice box you just asked for. I'm not going to turn into a goddamn monster. Uh, but that's not the point of this. The older one, so the other, he always does this thing where like, if he's looking at his iPad or something, he'll go under his blanket. So I went into his bedroom. He's on the top bunk where he sleeps. I go into his bedroom and he hears me coming. So he like pokes out of the blanket. You know what I mean? Yep. So then I start coming in and like just standing there, seeing if he'll know that I'm standing there. Yeah. So then he's like, I heard something. And then he like pops out and there I am. So the last time I decided, this is one of those things where you go like, this is going to be good. Yeah. And then in your mind, you, you're like, you after it's done, you go like, oh. I fucked this one up. Hindsight. All right, so I go into my office and I grab my ghost face mask. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so I like, as I'm doing this, I'm He's like, only seven. this is a great idea. This is going to be so funny. So he like, I go in there and I'm standing with this fucking mask beside his bunk bed. And he like, it takes a little longer than I'm expecting at this point. So I'm like, <clears throat> I like tap the bed. He fucking pulls his sweet innocent head out of from under this blanket and like yelps in a way that i haven't haven't heard and then starts crying Uh, oh my god and i was like i you've never seen somebody feel as bad as i felt yeah you know it it was one of those where i was like i i misjudged it i'm sorry uh i know you're seven i just uh, trying to explain that to him and then also your wife who's my uh, sister yeah. who actually was in the shower at the time and came out and was like what was that what what happened i heard rylan yell and i was like ah yeah uh, i'm not sure yeah what? i have no idea dr night night was on the ipad <laughs> <laughs> uh so luckily that was short-lived but oh god did i feel like a shitty dad and a shitty person yeah oh well i've got a uh, not quite that story however um pull us back into uh good good fatherhood well, so my oldest is back into soccer, so we missed last year, given the pandemic, and this year she's playing again, and um, so last episode I was talking about this, like, spending spree I went on for, like, the, the Cavity Colors, like, summer line, so I got this, yeah. <laughs> this pair of, like, pretty sweet Cavity Killer shorts that has this hybrid, like, pumpkin merging with a cat merging with a witch merging with a skeleton like pair of shorts that i think looks great and uh i wore those with uh my another cavity clothes shirt which was the season of the witch one which is like a pumpkin merging with a skeleton merging with a witch t-shirt so i in hindsight like i looked ridiculous like wearing this amorphous top to bottom black uh and I come out, and it's, like, fin- one of Finley's, like, first soccer games. And Brittany was like, <clears throat> you, uh, are you, are you wearing that to the, is, are we going to the game with you dressed like that? And I was like, um, yeah, I, th- do I, I think I look, yeah, I think I look fine. And then Finley comes out, and she's like, Dad, you, you look great. You, you're out. Uh, you look so great. And I was like, yeah, look. Yeah, no, she, I'm fucking she says wearing I look great. Yeah. I'm fucking wearing this. Yep. So my father-in-law shows up to the game and he was like, yeah, I saw you coming from uh, about three miles away, <laughs> dressed like an idiot. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was that bad. And then like one of our 
like friend like a you know mom and dad friendship we have with another kid's parents yeah the one dude was like oh dude you went all out with your uh your theme today and i was like god damn it i just thought i was fucking getting dressed to go to a soccer game <laughs> but yeah uh, no not everyone and you actually ended up coming to pick up a set of golf clubs later that day and you're like oh dude sweet shorts and i was like yeah Brittany was giving me shit about being dressed like this today and you're like no you look great yeah (laughs) yeah so that was my family thing yeah yeah no it's it's weird it's i've I've talked about this before how it's like i i find myself like going to like a neighbor barbecue with people i don't know that well and it's like yeah yep am i going full bore yeah no you just be you that's what i say just do it all right what have you been buying man uh, so I actually didn't buy too much. I've been working on some stuff around the house, so money's been going there. But um, for Father's Day, the kids got me. So my wife somehow found, I don't know what she found or, like, where she found these, but they're, like, Legos, uh, and the figures are all, like, horror icon figures. Oh, really? So like, uh, a little Jason, a little Freddy, a little Mike, a little ghost face. So it's, like, really fucking cool, and they made... Um, they made like a little Lego scene for me, like with a dead tree, like a fall tree. Oh shit! And uh, little pumpkins. There's like a little pumpkin head character. So they made a little scene for me and presented it to me on Father's Day, and I fucking loved that. Has it been intact since? Or oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Riker started trying to pull a couple yeah. <laughs> of the characters off, and I had to put a squash to it. Um, but then they also got me. You know that I've been looking for this forever. You found it, and. Part of my problem is I look for movies on Amazon only, and you went to Best Buy yep. and got your copy of I Know What You Did Last Summer. On Blu-ray. My wife bought me that on Blu-ray for Father's Day. So, so um, <clears throat> all right. Well, I'll go ahead and talk about what I've been buying. So the first thing I bought is uh, a copy of I Know What You Did Last Summer for you on Blu-ray uh, for Father's Day, or for your birthday, which is next <clears throat> month. While so. I was sitting here watching you do it. Yep. So, um, friends, listeners, someone's getting a copy of that because we've got three between two people and uh, one's going to go to one of We're you We're giving one away. Yeah. If you need a copy of uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer on Blu-ray, let us know. Maybe that's the way we'll do the giveaway. First person to say, I need it, I want it, <laughs> send it my way, you'll get it. Actually, that's What a- are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Yeah, what are you waiting for? That is actually how we're going to do this giveaway. Yeah. First person to uh, respond to the post on Instagram of the fact that this episode has been released that says... Okay, so not, not a DM. Nope, just uh, uh, a met, like a comment. In so the here's, here's the only thing is, and I don't know if you want to plan this accordingly, sometimes the episode comes out significantly earlier than the post. I'll make sure it doesn't this time. Okay, yep. we'll sync it up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the first person to drop a comment that says, hey, send me that copy, it's yours. All right. I also bought, finally, so I've been floating around like a douche waiting for one singular copy. So I Scream is probably like my, my favorite franchise of all time. And I, I don't have the first, the first movie on Blu-ray. I have two, three, and four on Blu-ray and not one. Like I've been... Searching for the past year and a half, trying to find the uh, first one on Blu-ray. I can't find it anywhere. Why is that? Like, I, Just not I available. Got, I ha- you know, I got it a few years ago. It was no big deal. And now all of a sudden. So I was looking on eBay and I was like, oh, great. I can buy it for like 18 bucks from some person that understands supply and demand. Yep. 
But then also I was like, all right, I there's this like four disc set you can buy on Blu-ray to get one, two, and three plus this uh, like nice commentary thing or whatever. This special features, some gig. sort of bonus yeah. disc, yeah. So I finally bought it, man. Eighteen bucks. So you spent eighteen bucks on the first movie. Well, you are missing which ones? I'm missing three and four, I think. Well, you're going home with them tonight. Perfect, yeah. Well, no, actually not four, because it's not in the set, so you got three. (laughs) You got three. Yeah, so three is the only one that I need from that set. Yep. It's yours, buddy. And then I will buy four at some point, just to complete the collection, but... Yeah. But yeah, that's what I've been, uh, been, 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 been buying. Yeah, well, that's good. All right, so what are you wearing today, bud? I am wearing just part of your part of my uh, haul vacation package that you spent from Cavity Colors. I've got this tie dye, like pumpkin colored tie dye shirt. When when I came out wearing this today, the kids were going nuts. Yeah, both both of them were cheering like, and clapping. They were like, "What? What is it? Is that?" And then Finley, my oldest, she goes, "Does that say Tiki Bar?" on it and i was like it says tiki bar and she says does that say all halloween forever and i was like it does <laughs> so she read halloween forever tiki bar off my shirt um it's basically this uh skeletal man wearing the most halloween suit you could imagine um serving cocktails to dracula and the mummy on the beach and it's this like beautiful like vintage style looking tie dye shirt. It's great. And I've got a pair of pants on uh, of this ghost popping out of a pumpkin. Um, also says Halloween forever on these pants. And this is why my You're wife all decked down. You come from the soccer game. Doesn't let me go to soccer games. <laughs> I love this uh, scene. Uh, Austin Parton did this design, right? Like that whole I'm, collection. I, I don't know. It looks like he did. He, he did didn't. some of them anyways, yeah. but um he kills it with the colors, and whether he did this design or not, it doesn't matter. He's he's great. But whoever did this one is also great. But it reminds me of like where the Munsters like family would go on vacation. <laughs> this is where it's they a very apt yeah. description. Yeah, I love it, man. I have on. Uh, so I do not have cavity colors on, and I have some fright rags actually. Um, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three with Shelley wearing the mask and holding the harpoon. Oh. I love this design. Did you give me this one? I did for your birthday. Like, yeah. Probably like five years ago. It's great because this is one of those designs that I always saw and was like, that'd be cool to have, but like I wouldn't buy yep. myself, you know? So that was a perfect gift to get. So what have you been watching, buddy? All right. So I watched this movie. It's a sequel to a well-known movie. This one is called A Return to Salem's Lot. Oh, shit. Yeah, you were texting me about this. Yeah. Let's hear your thoughts. All right, so um, this movie is... Here's the thing, is if you go into it thinking it's a a Larry Cohen movie with Michael Moriarty, Mm. you would say to yourself, okay, I'm in. Like, I love uh, Cue the Winged Serpent. I love the stuff. Yep. I'll love this new Larry, uh, Larry Cohen movie. But the problem is you're coming off a movie... Uh, that was a miniseries, but was amazing. Same yeah. slot. Um, and now you're going to get this fucking Larry Conan dish that you are not expecting to be served up. Um, 
and you know what's funny is I've heard a lot of people talk shit about this movie and how terrible it is, and it is. Uh, it's not that good, but <laughs> so if in, the, you, in the spirit of our subject here, <laughs> but if you love Larry Cohen like I do, um, I think yeah. like I love, dude. I so th- I watched it for the first time two weeks ago or so. Within the past two weeks, I watched it for the first time, and I was just smiling the whole time. Like I loved it as a Larry Cohen movie, you know. Yeah. Uh, but as a direct sequel to uh, <laughs> uh, the movie, it's not it's not that good. No. But it was a, it was a lot of fun. You know, Michael Moriarty is always it it, it essentially is the stuff. Yeah. But it, with vampires, you texted me. I think exactly what you said was this movie is the stuff, but with vampires. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. So I I don't have uh cool story like that i just actually have been watching a lot of movies in preparation for this and i actually watched a couple uh runners up um maybe that we'll get to toward the end but i uh you know we're two weeks out from from fourth of july so i've just been hitting i know what you did last summer uh i've been watching through jaws and then i actually went on our our patreon and i talked about a movie on there called you are not alone um Came out in two two thousand fourteen. It's a first person uh, perspective, kind of like slasher film. Uh, came out in twenty fourteen, like I said, and it was filmed in Princeton, Illinois. And I cannot fucking find it anywhere. Um, I've been wanting to watch it again, and this would most certainly be on my list, but like I can't find it anywhere. And I actually reached out to the the person that owns the rights of it uh, on Instagram. And they responded to me. Um, it's this company in the UK. Huh. But it was filmed in Princeton, Illinois, where our friend Eliza is from. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which is crazy because it's this, like, no-name town, right? Yeah, in that is crazy. Very rural Il- Illinois. And um, I've been trying so hard to get my hands on a copy of it, but uh, there's a, a DVD version of it available. It's, like, 23 bucks, and you need a region-free dvd player to play it um pass exactly it's like i'd spend 23 bucks on a blu-ray player i could watch down here right now uh but you know i've never heard of this movie oh dude it's you are not alone it's called you are not alone Hmm. it's first person it takes place on fourth of july weekend so it's definitely like a fourth of july film and um any anyone that grew up in like middle america this is a relevant film so yeah we have anything else to hit I guess some some shout outs. Um, I think, yeah, do you have any? I do. I, I've got a couple. All right, um, shout them out. So I work in sales and marketing, so uh, my job requires me to travel. Um, and given the way things are going in uh, response to, to the pandemic, like I'm getting out in the world again. So I actually have to be in uh, Minneapolis this this week for work. And I'm going to meet up with Gabe. Reasoner from Careful Gaze, who we had on the podcast a handful of episodes ago, and pretty pumped. So, like, we're gonna hang out in person, grab a beer, Dude, and yeah, that's amazing. Totally, ex- like it. It was total happenstance. I texted him. I was like, "Hey, how far are you from blah blah blah?" And he was like, "Oh, not far at all." And I was like, "Do you uh, you want to meet for a beer?" And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." So, super pumped for that. You'll be like, Jamie, how did you sneak into my luggage? <laughs> Yeah, super uh, super excited cool. for that. Um, also want to give a shout out to our buddy uh, 
Gavin, uh, Mud Nelson, um, got some shit going on in life, but things get better, buddy. And we just want to say we love you. Lastly, so we've got a <clears throat> we've got a Patreon. Um, please consider subscribing if you're interested. But uh, we just did a, uh, an episode where we covered uh, top horror movies, basically to watch in group settings or with friends, which was <laughs> super fun and. Uh, we kind of did like a top 10 list on that and we covered a bunch of just like movies that are fun to watch with, you know, with you're with playing buddies. Uno with your friends. Let's throw this movie on. Yeah. Uh, we're, we thought it'd be cool to like hit that topic since the world is reopening and we're all, you know, starting to hang out, see people again. So yeah, you guys want to play flip cup while watching? I know what you did last <laughs> summer because I do. I'm not sure that movie was on the list, but. Why don't you uh, check out the episode, guys, and see if it was? Yeah. Um, also, as part of our Patreon package, so we have a $5 tier, a $10 tier, um, we do a monthly watch-through episode that's available for both tiers. However, if you subscribe at the $10 tier, you get to participate in one of those monthly watch-throughs. So you pick the movie, you're on with us, we watch it together, and it's a lot of fun. So. Um, we're doing that with a buddy of ours this week, uh, Kevin Esposito. We're going to watch Mandy um, next uh, next month in July. We're going to be hitting up uh, our buddy in Sweden, which is amazing uh, to think of. Uh, Michelle, uh, Two Meter Maniac. We're going to be watching a movie with him. So just super fun idea we came up with, and it's been fucking great to just like get to know our patrons and, and talk to people live and... Yeah, we Fine. love doing that with you guys, yeah. shooting the shit and uh, just talking about things horror and then, uh, you know, watching a movie that you choose. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, we we did one, one with, with Adrian, with Matt, with Eliza, so um, super fun. <clears throat> yeah, and then uh, be sure to hit us at uh, Apple's iTunes and do a review if you listen to us on there. Do a five-star. If not, no big deal. We still love you. Um, you want to get into it? Let's get into it. All right. So, the shittiest movie, in our humble opinions, for certain franchises. We didn't really have any restrictions on the size, the movie size, right? I, I figure three. I think everything I picked had at least three. Yeah. So, uh, so Jamie's referring to the idea of what constitutes a franchise, right? So... Uh, we had some discussion about this. We were like, hey, should it have a minimum of three movies or five movies? But uh, I think we landed on three. So, And to be honest, I would have been okay with two. Because yeah. maybe the sequel was so shitty that they decided they couldn't make any more. House 2, the second story. Yeah. yeah. Where do we go from here? That's yeah. just too brilliant. One floor up, I guess, Jamie. Sorry. You want to start or you want me to start? You can start, man. All right, I think I will. And I'm going to go to 1987. It's Jaws 4, The Revenge. When it killed Sean, I knew with absolute certainty it had come for him. I knew that. I know it's coming. Owen! Jake is here. I just dropped the mother load. I'm counting. Yeah! 
We got a rare bird here, you know that? Huh? Great white don't come down to the bottom. All right, so I realized that I have seen this, but never, like, from start to finish. I watched a lot of fucking movies this week that were not good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what we did. Uh, so, Jaws 4 is not good. Uh, the Rotten Tomato score is 0%. You know what I was going to do for this, and I didn't? Maybe I will as we as we yeah. prep this, but I was thinking about like combining the uh, tomato... The Rotten Tomato score for all these movies and seeing if it was less than yeah. like The Godfather. We could still do that, probably. But go ahead. Uh, so it's directed by Joseph Sargent, starring just like some heavy hitters. Michael Caine. Even he can't save this movie. Keep it from drowning. Uh, Lorraine Gary, who <laughs> plays Ellen Brody in all the movies. Uh, Lance Guest of Halloween 2 fame and The Last Starfighter. And then uh, no... Great fucking movie is complete without Mario Van Peebles, who uh, I think has a worse Jamaican accent than Jack Black does, and I still know what you did last summer in uh, this movie. Um, (laughs) This movie is essentially like an insult to viewers and like what you think could take place because like a shark that can travel (laughs) an insult from Massachusetts. To the Bahamas in a day or two days, strictly because of a vendetta that he has against the Brody family and the way they've been killing sharks, is goddamn absurd. Uh, but that's what they do in this movie. And um, Ellen Brody kind of takes charge in this one. Uh, she, you know, she goes rogue and takes the boat out, and we have some uh, shark tracking adventures. Uh, the shark is one of the worst looking things you've ever seen. It honestly, like, it moves like a school bus with, like, a jaw that opens. Uh, There is absolutely no other movement. It's just, like, stiff as shit. It looks fucking awful. Um, I remember what uh, uh, Steven Spielberg said about the first Jaws and how, like, he gave the shark such, like, short screen time because the more you see the shark, the more you realize it doesn't move like a shark. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And this movie just throws all that out the window and they go like, Oh, we're going to show this fucking shitty shark as much as possible. And uh, you're going to have to deal with it and deal with it. You do um, until it ends. And then you are glad because you can shut it off. (laughs) So what, what has been your experience up to date with this film. Did you watch it like for the first time in full this week or again, like I know I've seen it and I've, but it's probably one of those that, you know, uh, I just fell asleep to. Um, I don't know that I've ever watched it from start to finish, uh, in one sitting. So yeah, I, I'm not, I don't have like a great history with it or anything, you know? Yeah. How about you? Have you, is this something you've watched for a long time or I, I've never seen this one. I've seen yeah. the first three, and that's it. This one is, uh, I mean, it's worth watching, I guess. <laughs> if you like Jaws. Well, you've made it sound so good. The, uh, yeah. And what's funny is the whole time you're watching it, you're like, what, what is Michael Caine doing in this? Why is he in this? So does it do anything, I guess, like from it a... It does nothing to advance the plot. Yeah, from a franchise perspective, like, does it round anything out? Does it, no. like put a bow on anything does it like well i think what it would do is uh it it would make so at the beginning of this movie uh one of the children 
So one of her sons dies at the hands of the shark. Oh, shit. Or at the fins of the shark, however you want to say this. So these are the two kids playing in the first one when she's like, Correct. Where's your father? Get out. Yeah. Okay. One of the kids dies at the hands mm. of the shark. She goes down to the Bahamas. Where is he, though? He's not in this. So, all right. So he, they wanted him to be in the movie. He said, I will be in the movie, but you have to kill me off, like, right at the beginning. And they were like, we're not going to do that. So instead, they did not have him in the movie, and he was already dead. Oh. Died of a heart attack, so it's just presumed he's already dead. Oh. Well, I mean, he could have done that in the movie. Though. I know. I, it, I guess they were like, well, we're going to save. Reading this didn't make uh, sense. It, they probably saved a million dollars, literally. by are going to save 480000 yeah. bucks by not having you. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I guess the, the idea of it is, so now Ellen, <laughs> look, I'll be, I'll be in it, but I need to be dead. In, like what well, that tells you, you right need to know right. about the movie. Um, so she says, I'm going to go down to the Bahamas with my other son and try to keep him from working out in the ocean because the shark is going to know he's out there and he's going to want to kill him. Uh, so that's essentially what happens here. Uh, Lance Guest is great as always. Uh, we all love Halloween too, and we all love him in that movie. So, uh, but other than that, man, there's not too much to say for this one. So you have right. never seen this? No, you're I've gonna not. have to borrow that that uh, sequel collection I purchased. That that uh, collection <laughs> you did purchase, indeed, yeah. buddy. So I got it, and uh, you can have it. You too can be a lucky viewer. All right, I'm going to. Is this this is the last installment, right? It is. Yeah. I think at this point they said let's never do this again, and probably good. All right, I'm also heading to the last installment of of a franchise. What do we got, man? I'm excited to hear your first choice. All right, I'm heading to 2006 to I'll always know what you did last summer. So you've all heard the story, right? About what happens on July 4th? Whoa, Amber, you want to freak everyone out? What are you guys talking about? The fisherman. Every 4th of July, he sharpens up his hook, runs wild. <laughs> they were the best of friends until something went horribly wrong. Secret dies with us. Say it. Secret dies with us. Secret dies with us. Secret dies with us. You know what's funny about this movie is it's one of those where I go, so I've only watched it through once and it was recently. And um, I did this thing where I went like, you know what? This is not going to be that bad. Like, no matter how bad this is, it's still it's another I know what you did last summer. Uh, so I'm excited. All right. So. Is that you haven't seen this in a while? Or? No, th this was the first I've okay. ever seen it. Got this, it. this, uh, this go round. Perfect. So, in prepping for the episode, doing some research, I was like, "Man, this is getting some goddamn awful reviews." And our buddy Mike from Alone in the Dark podcast, he, uh, he and I were messaging one day because I think he posted something about getting that like that new box set, and I was like, yes. "Oh man, I didn't even realize ex this existed." And he was like, "It's fucking terrible." <laughs> yeah. Um. So based off his comments and the research I did, I was like, oh, this, this must just be awful. But um, so it's directed by uh, uh, Sylvain White, starring Brooke Nevin, David. I, it's starring a shitload of people like no it one's doesn't matter. ever heard of or seen. 
so the basic premise is uh, that a group of teenagers in Colorado. I'm going to pause there for a second. Call yeah. a fucking Rado. It's part of why this movie gets such terrible goddamn reviews. Dude, I, that's my it's problem with the movie. Utterly illogical. Anyway, a group of teenagers in Colorado. Find, and when, when I get to the big reveal at the end on who the goddamn killer is, it will piss you off even further. Yeah. So anyway, a group of teenagers in Colorado. Let me slow down on that again. <laughs> find themselves being stalked and killed one by one in a mysterious figure. The hook exactly one year after they covered up a friend's accidental death. So what I appreciate about this movie is the fact that there are like probably it's more of a remake than one would think because there are, I'd say like 15 scenes that are direct either like they're just direct homages to the original, like, uh, like Barry being up on the, uh, you know the, the balcony when Sarah Michelle Gellar is on stage. Like there, there are like fifteen versions of that that happen in this movie where I'm like, oh cool, like they're nodding to the original. Yeah. Um, but it's just if it wasn't shot so stupidly and so poorly, it's like a really bad new metal band. That's like, oh, I'm going to do a cover of this like really great band and just not do it well. It's just, it's shot so, it's like dark and gritty. It's almost like a music video. Yeah, I hate the way it, it's shot. Yeah, that's it, that's my issue with a lot of these movies. I, w- I, I wish they would shoot it like they did like a sci-fi film or something. At least, like even if it were a made-for-TV movie, it's just, it's not shot well at all. Yeah. The cinematography is off. They use like this hand camera a lot of the time. It's bouncing everywhere. It's chunky. I don't get what they were going for with that. I, I don't either. And I, the other distinction I don't understand because I'm not in the industry, but like, I, I get the def, the, the difference in the idea of like, uh, the difference between bad acting and bad writing. But like, I don't, I don't know what this, it might be both in this one. But, like, there are certain lines that land, and you're like, oh, my God. They said that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like... I do know what you mean. Yeah. It, it's just... It's confusing. Um, and, I mean, again, I dig, dig the idea of them trying to create homages, but it takes place in MFing Colorado, which is probably, I don't know... 2,800 miles away from the Carolinas where the first one takes place. And <clears throat> albeit spoiler alert, cause no one should watch this movie. Ben Willis, the guy from the first fucking movie is the killer. They set up this, this whodunit atmosphere and Oh, you already know who done it. It's the same guy in all three movies. That's the big reveal. I mean, that movie is shit. So, right? You agree? Shit. What's the Rotten Tomatoes score on that? Zero percent. Yeah. And you know what? I I was pumped at first because I put it on. I was like, oh, there's fireworks going off. There's that, another that, Fourth no, of that's July what I'm movie. Saying. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Hey, it, this it, is still gonna be great. And it could have been fine. It wasn't even fine. No. So. And the kills were like made for TV. It was like sh- every fucking kill was. Oh, yeah. Shitty. All Shitty right. movie. Well, got me fired up, so there it is. 
And also, let me go ahead and say this real quick. I know it gets a lot of hate, but I still know what you did last summer. I liked. So, you and I love I Still Know. Yeah. We love it. We don't love it like we, it's we not, like the original, but like we yes. love it because of like life and oh, we watch it on vacation and it's yeah. like, oh, great. We're on vacation. They're on vacation and it, it's fun. And something doesn't have to be uh, critically amazing to be, you know, for you to love it. That, that movie is certainly better, better than this one. No doubt about it. All right. So I'm going to go to uh, 1992. Uh, a movie that probably shouldn't have been made, The Stepfather Part Three. Oh God! Father's it. Day. In a perfect community, a perfect mom. I love you very much, Andy. Can meet a perfect stranger. You found us. I sure did. She knows what she wants. Oh, I want to make love to you. She knows what she feels. I do. But what she doesn't know... You are the most incredible man I have ever known. ...could kill her. Authorities have finally come up with their first solid lead on the escaped family serial killer. What are those scars behind your ears? You're gonna look like a new man. Different but quite... Good pick. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so you and I love Stepfather 1. Uh, Stepfather 2 is actually a fucking great sequel. No, dude, it's good. What? Like, how can that be? You know, because you say like, oh, have you seen Stepfather? And everyone's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And like, oh, part two. No, but that can't be good. Well, I'm going to tell you it is. It can't be that someone's telling me that it's good, but like it's <laughs> it's it's good enough. Uh, part three. Not fucking good. No. So the premise on this one. So um, Jerry is played by the same guy. Uh, in both part one and part two, it's Jerry. Uh, but part it's three, Terry O'Quinn, right? Correct, Terry O'Quinn. Part he's th- a great actor, dude. So good, and he's perfect in that role because he plays. He does like the bipolar thing so perfect. Yeah. Uh, so, but part three is still him, but a different actor. And the way they pull this off, uh, because Terry O'Quinn most certainly was like, "Fuck you guys, I'm not doing this made for TV, <laughs> fucking shitty part three. Um, so what they did here was they made it so that he survives his injuries from the previous film and he goes and he gets the best. He finds the best shadiest street plastic surgeon you can find (laughs) who changes his appearance. Uh, it looks fucking amazing, right? Because it's an actual different actor. Uh, no plastic surgery would be this goddamn good. So he moves to uh, Deerview, California, um, lives there for a few months, working some job at like a nursery, uh, overly nice and polite, as he always plays. Uh, he marries again, goes on to marry a woman who has a uh, son who's in, he's wheelchair bound, uh, which doesn't bode well to try to defeat the family serial killer as he goes by on the news because he's in all the stories. Uh, well, the kid starts to suspect uh, his new stepfather, Keith, may be the family serial killer. And uh, spoiler alert, if you plan to watch this, our wheelchair-bound stepson uh, defeats the shitty stepdad, and nobody should ever watch this movie. 
So this is like Silver Bullet meets uh, the version of Rear Window with um, Christopher Reeves. <laughs> sure. Christopher Reeves. Oh, God. This yeah. movie was like really, I don't even know if I watched the whole thing because it, it really, so it is made for TV and it, it shows every way through. You know how made for TV movies just have that feel? It's like the camera ones. pans fat, like they, yeah, like soap opera or something. They modify the the rate at which the camera pans to make sure it fits exactly like ninety minutes. Yeah, it's really weird, but it's got that quality. Um, it's it's one of those movies I think they just made to try to capitalize off the name, and then they realized yeah. uh, that's not going to work, and that was it for that. And that was a wrap, uh, as it should be. They should have ended after the second one. Um, so yeah, I think this one truly ruined the franchise. Terry O'Quinn certainly realized that. <laughs> yeah. He got out when he should have. Yeah. This one turned out to be the wicked, uh, stepchild of the stepfather <laughs> franchise. Very, very true. Well, good pick, man. I have seen this one. It is shit. I remember, uh, you and I texting about this as I was watching it and I was like, Wait, wait, have you ever seen this? And the text back was like, oh, God. Yeah, I remember I Fucking watched awful. like all... I had seen the first one a long time ago. I rewatched and I was like, oh, God damn, this movie's so good. And then, Man, it's so good. And then I, I saw the second one for the first time, maybe like three, four years yeah, ago. And I was same. like, oh, man, this is really good. And then I was like, hey, I'm going to roll into three. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like, ooh, miss. <laughs> No, it's yeah. like it slams on the brakes real fucking yeah. hard. Because, like, you're riding a good momentum after, too. Like, okay, this yeah. has some promise. Yep. It shoots you right out the fucking front, front windshield. <laughs> Pretty fast. All right, man. What's uh, number two for you? All right. I'm heading to... I don't have the date written here. I think it was 1990 or 91. Or no, wait. I think it was 2000. Let me check. Oh, while you do that, Stepfather Part 3, Father's Day, tomato, tomato meter score, 23%. Leprechaun 5, in the hood. When Mac Daddy discovers a magic flute. It's all I want right here. <laughs> he becomes the richest man in hip-hop. Hey, get these losers out. But when three young rappers... Kind of like Robin Hood. Instead, <laughs> we're going to be robbing in the hood. <laughs> ...stumble onto his musical treasure. Everyone will have to pay the piper. Unhandy gold, you thieving hoods. You got more loot than Tiger Woods. <laughs> they got the flute. We got to get that. Dude, when I saw your list, I was surprised that this one was the bottom of the barrel for you and not Leprechaun in Space. So I've not seen Leprechaun in Space because I stopped at Leprechaun. Makes perfect sense. In the hood. That's why I made your list. Um, all right. This movie directed by Rob Spira, uh, starring Warwick Davis as always. Also Ice T, Anthony Montgomery. I gotta say, I saw this movie probably in like early two thousands when it came out, like two thousand one, two thousand two. And it was one of those, like, because I was pretty young at that time. I was, what, you know, like 15 years old, uh, 14 years old. And it was one of those things that was like, oh, this is funny just because it's 
funny, right? And it's like sure, yeah. And when you're you're a fucking like fifteen year old kid, you're like, oh, this is hilarious, you know, like Leprechaun in the Hood, right? So rewatching <laughs> this this week, yeah. um, I will say of the five movies I watched this week, with the exception of one that is actually a good movie, like this one, I enjoyed the most. <laughs> Oh, really? Yes. I really, I found myself doing that thing where I was like, oh, God damn. And like the story is kind of sweet um, for one reason. But before I get to that, like I want to talk about the opening of this film. And it's very like, it's very theatrical. Uh, this like hip hop slash rap unit of three dudes is doing this rehearsal and they're on stage and there's like this short that happens on stage. And I don't know, like, I'm a musician, Jamie, you're, you're a musician, like, I've never had equipment do this, and if I did, I would call the fucking fire department, but, like, there's an actual explosion that happens during their rehearsal, where people are, like, flying around the stage, like, it's an act, like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, and they are not worried about it, like, it's this over-the-top, like, there's a short, a mini explosion happens, and people are flying, and they're, like, yeah, do you think do you think we got what it takes to make it big? And it's like, wait, that's the fucking conversation you're having right now, not the fact that there was a short to the point where like someone just blew through a wall. Like you're not worried about Honestly. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that, but it's it's funny because like these three guys, the the premise of this this story is that there are three rappers that want to get even with this dude who's a pimp, and they accidentally, you know, unleash the leprechaun who who goes on a killing rampage through the hood. <laughs> but these three guys, like the, it's funny. Cause like their, their relationship together, it's kind of like, I don't know how to say this without being weird, but it's like, it's sentimentally sound and it's like, it's honest. And it's, it, I think I said, it's like a sweet little like yeah. relationship that they have. And if you're in a band with a bunch of guys, like this is, it, it really reminds me of that. Like they care. So in this group, this little this little group, you've got Postmaster P. Okay, he's like the the head of the group. And, oh boy! And his thing, Postmaster P, is delivering positivity. <laughs> so he's like, I am you the postmaster. I deliver. Fucking yeah. kidding me. So Stray Bullet is also in in the group, and then <laughs> you have the uh, like wide gap tooth, like Michael Strahan char- looking character. There's this the like slightly overweight dude named Butch, right? So there's this trio. Um but it's funny because like Postmaster P, the guy that's leading the charge, he's like he's trying to deliver positivity. And the the reason they get in a fight with this pimp is because they're like, Oh, you've got this record label, like we want to do this a uh, little demo for you, and they like put it on this <laughs> this cassette and by the way that's ice tea that they're presenting to uh. and they put it on a cassette tape and they present it to him and he's like this this looks uh good with the exception of never bring me this shit bullshit again he's like punching the cassette t- tape and he's like <laughs> you don't talk about positive things he's like you talk about slapping bitches and collecting money and shooting pricks and like he, he goes on this whole diatribe and it's funny because it's not funny but they are trying to say, like, no, uh, we want to flip the script on the narrative of hip-hop and rap, and we want to talk about positive things and, like, move the needle forward and 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 do something different and not talk about all that shit. And they get, like, 
grabbed in the clutches of this like ice tea movement. So um, it's it's a narrative on that whole you know the the whole subculture of that, which is which really really was blowing up in the in the two thousands like big 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 time. You know you had the DMXs of the world and and the Method Mans and the Red Mans. Like that was when that heyday was like popping yeah. off, like coming off the nineties, right? Um, so it was just really interesting to kind of see that, but they're trying to be nice guys and they're getting sucked into this. However, the beginning of the movie, like you're kind of engaged. You're like, yeah, no, fuck it. Like I, I'm abandoning reality here and I support these guys. Like these three dudes, they want to support the cause. Right. And then the leprechaun stuff starts to happen. There's a magic flute that's involved. They bring in these like super, uh, cute, like, 90s chicks that have these ridiculous like wraparound glasses on and they have their eyes are glowing green and uh it it totally comes unglued like it literally like you watch it like this 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 might be okay like it might have potential i support the cause and then the wheels instantly come off and you're skidding down the street and sparks are flying fucking everywhere around you so so the most i've watched of this movie is like on um uh... St. Patrick's Day sci-fi channel will do like marathons. So this and this is only, a sci-fi channel movie. Yeah. No fucking doubt. It's the only way I've ever seen this is part of like a marathon and um, I'll catch bits here and there, but I've never watched this one uh, all the way through. I I mean, I would just keep the relationship you have with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with most of the franchise being like that for me. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll remember certain kills, I mean, uh, but I me, don't think you need this, to go too deep into the... As a franchise, the floor is so low on this franchise in general. Yeah. Like, the ceiling is also very low. For sure. For me. No, it's honestly, you know what it reminds me of is uh, Child's Play, where, like, it's slapstick, but not really, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, Child's Play 1 and 2, I I thought were fucking great. Those are great movies. I mean, I don't even hate the third one with the Military Academy. No. And the remake I thought was pretty good too. And then too. the Bride of Chucky and the, like when we did the we did a franchise episode a, a while back and I remember this was one of the franchises that well the Child's Play was. And I remember being so pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed almost every film. Yeah. And I had always always written Chucky off like Ugh, not into it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm I'm team yeah. Chucky. I I'm just I don't think at all team Leprechaun. Honestly, though, if I could get the Blu-ray set of all the, like, how many movies is there? Do you know? Uh, more than I fucking realized. Okay. What cost? Oh. Blu-ray. Like, I'm going $19.99 for every movie. Not, I'm not paying 20 I will pay nineteen ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. dollars $9.99. Although I will say that Critters is on sale for 20 bucks, right? And I'm always like, fuck it. I mean, for 20 bucks, I'd buy the critters. <laughs> like, I, I cannot pull the trigger. Yeah. Maybe maybe nine ninety nine for the critters collection. Okay. All right. Where you, you, have have a, you have anything else on that? 33% the hood? on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty good, man. I thought so, too. Based on what we've been uh, looking at here. Yeah. 33% is the winner, I'd say. All right. So we're going to go to a 15% tomato meter film. I'm going to do a remake here, man. I don't know if this is allowed because it's not actually a sequel, but it's part of the franchise. I think it's acceptable. Um, and you know why I chose it is because I think that this was going to be like a lease, a new lease on life for this franchise. 
Uh, the guy who played the original uh, baddie said he wouldn't do it again. So they went and they got a guy that they figured could probably pull it off, probably swing it for a new, you know, new set of films, new franchise. Um, he couldn't, they couldn't, and it <laughs> didn't. Uh, I'm going with 2010's A Nightmare on Elm Street. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to dog the film. Uh, it just didn't do it for me, man. I know uh, there's some people that kind of dug this one. Uh, I can't even fathom that you could. Honestly, I can't even... Like, when somebody tells me that they saw some good in it, I just, like, I kind of start listening to other things, like birds chirping and stuff, because I, I'm, I'm not on the same page with you if you like this movie. And it's one of those things where, like, your friend keeps telling you, no, listen to the album again. Like, you will end up liking this band. And I... No. Every eighteen months, I'm like, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna check it out again, and I watch it. And I'm like, no, I fuck, I, I'm just not in this movie. I'm, I'm not, and I will never. Yeah, and I have never been able to watch it all the way through again. Never once have I been able to dedicate myself to sitting and watching that. Did you see this movie in the theaters? No, no, I did. I remember being with my buddy Zach Klein in uh, Kent, Ohio, yeah. watching this movie. Makes yeah. sense. Very disappointed. Yeah, yeah. No, I think if I was thinking of going, I probably heard your glowing review and then <sighs> passed. Uh, because, yeah, no. Oof. So what, what, are your, uh, what are your notes on the movie, man? Uh, so for me, it's just a little bit too much origin story. You know, I can get past the, the voice, which I thought was awful. Um, yeah. The tone that he plays. He looks scary. Yeah, no, I mean, he definitely looks scary. It just like nothing would... I think it was just uh, one of those things that was a bad idea. I think just redoing it was a bad idea. Well, it's weird because 2000... Freddy's what? too iconic, man. 2009? Yeah, yeah, he is. Because you got to think like acting, reacting the Jason character or the Michael character. It's like, all right, we just need a really big, big person uh, to look intimidating. Honestly, and, throw a mask on. Yeah. But uh, this was a bold move, and it just didn't pay off. And yeah. did you have to agree, though, that if it did pay off, this was probably going to be a new franchise, right? A new set of films. Without a doubt. I would have to think. And I was reading uh, somewhere the, the idea of Kevin Bacon being the new Freddy. Uh, and what? Ro Robert England being, like, real high on it, huh. I think. I don't know about that. I mean, I love Kevin Bacon, but um, honestly, I think anybody in this role just wouldn't do it for me. Uh, but Jackie Earl Haley, he does give it his best shot. The, I think for me, he plays Freddy a little too serious yeah. uh, because there was always that little juxtaposition between fear and humor that made Freddy what he was. So without that, you're kind of missing a huge element of what Freddy should bring, uh, in my opinion. 
then you have a, just a big cast of, you know, ancillary characters. Uh, Rooney Mara plays Nancy. Um, so, yeah, the origin story was too much for me. I, I didn't need to see him, you know, going from child molester to child murderer. And yeah. I liked it better when it was implied. Uh, it just adds more to it to me, like, than to just spell it all out for us. I don't think we needed that. Um, and the one thing I had read about it was that in this one, he's more of a ghost. Whereas in, uh, the original franchise, he's more of a dream demon where he can morph into things and, you know, yeah, play different roles and stretch his body into a TV or whatever he wants to do. And in this one, uh, it's more grounded. Um, the kills are more, uh, you know, realistic. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't have too much more to say about this one. It just didn't do it for me. And, uh, I feel like it is a black spot on the franchise as a whole. Yeah, I do. I think in general that this, like the cinematography, it's, it's very dark. It's very serious. And the Freddy character in general is just, it's too, it's too serious. And it removes any element of fun. It's basically like they paused Freddy versus Jason and they were like, okay, let's resume here. And also, uh, Robert, get out. And we're going to bring this guy in. And uh, he's just going to be too serious about everything. So, And yeah. to be honest, it's one of those things. I Like, the movie itself is not that bad. You know, like acting and... Uh, story is fine whatever yeah it's fine I guess. the problem yeah. is what you're competing with and against which is the original freddy uh which is just too it's too iconic man i don't i just yeah, you walk in the door mad yeah before yeah, you even yeah. yeah it's way it's just too too iconic like we've discussed with many guests that come on the show like the 80s were rolled by goddamn freddy like from like 86 through even now Freddie was has just been this like part of pop culture, you know. It's like yeah. changing Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Who the fuck is this clown imposter? Hi, I'm Sean Old McGronald. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I'll head to my third now. Um, all right, so this movie, the original, was directed by one of the most iconic filmmakers in absolute history, who I believe detested the entire concept of having any kind of sequel. And I think they had to wait till after he died. Yeah, they did to make a sequel. Um, but I'm going to go to uh, Psycho 4, The Beginning, directed by Mick Garris, which I believe came out in 1990. In 1960, Alfred Hitchcock created a film that is perhaps the most terrifying thriller of all time. Psycho. Now, come answer. So this was a probably I don't know if it was begrudgingly or not. Um, starred Anthony Perkins again. Our buddy CCH Pounder and Henry Thomas uh, and Olivia Hussey from It. Uh, but this was a this was made for TV in 1990. A lot of these psycho movies were right. Or do you not know? I, I don't know. I, what I do know is the the original, obviously directed by Alfred Hitchcock, was was not. Um, no, 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 right. 
and it was made, you know, 50 years prior or 40 years prior, but, um, 30 years prior, <laughs> 50 years, 40 years, 30 years. So the, uh, original was made 30 years prior, um, by Alfred Hitchcock and just was so fucking iconic and impactful and, and well done. But the second one, the sequel psycho two, I thought was, was pretty good. Yeah. In, that's a good one. In the two scene, and three, both. Yeah. The scene where, um, the, the toilet backs up and it's blood, mm. uh, in the second one, that was another one I watched with my aunt who was like my gateway to horror. And she, I just remember being so, disturbed by that as a kid and it having such an impact to the point where I was talking about it years later. So um, I thought that was a pretty good one, but psycho four made for TV, the beginning, right? Uh, starring CCH pounder. The reason Jamie and I are laughing about CCH pounder is if you watch, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, there's a pretty funny part on there where, where uh, Dennis impersonates <laughs> CCH pounder. <laughs> God damn it, Dutch! What other errands do they have you running for the DA? Right? Love it. But, um, as one would, would collect the beginning, uh, it's about Norman Bates recalling his childhood with his abusive mother, while fearing that his unborn child will inherit his split personality. And, uh, doesn't Henry Thomas, uh, Elliot from E.T. play... Young Norman. Young Norman? Yes. Yeah. And he looks... and. He acts the shit out of his role, by the way. That guy's great. Yeah, he is. He he is. Um, he was great as Elliot. He's still fucking great in uh, what's those movies, Mike Flan or those shows Mike Flanagan does, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, but the the basic premise of this this film is that CCH Pounder has this. She's like this uh, talk radio figure, and she's doing a segment with this man who happened to have been the one that interrogated Norman after he, mm -hmm. you know, killed his mother. Uh, he's this well-published author by this point in his career. He's doing this whole thing about like matricide and like people that are compelled to kill their mother and it's talk radio. So they have people call in, right? So this mysterious caller, Ed calls in and he says something to the effect of like, Oh, you've got it all wrong what you're saying is basically prompting me to want to kill again is pretty much what he says. And meanwhile, the big reveal as they're like leading up to this thing is it's like everyone knows as they're watching, it's like, okay, well that's Anthony Perkins. Like that's Norman Bates the entire time. And he does this like turn around and they're like, Oh fuck. Ed is Norman Bates. And um, it's this whole back and forth. It's almost like a hostage situation where someone's like trying to talk someone off a ledge, uh, where uh, the CCH Pounder character is talking to uh, Norman Bates this entire time. And he, Norman, is reflecting on things from his past that caused him to be the way that he is. And he's like, oh, the first person I killed was so-and-so because of this. And like it goes back to the 1950s. And just the colors all off. Um, it feels like you're watching like five different movies at the same time. Uh, it lacks cohesiveness. Um, it is kind of cool to have an origin story, but the uh, Bates Motel TV show kind of took this premise and like, I think did it um, a little bit better 
because they introduced like the character of 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 Norma uh gave her some prominence um so yeah this one's definitely a miss and how many do you know how many psycho movies there were in completion i i, I don't i this was i hope the last one was this did you feel compelled to keep going and watch later sequels or was this like all right i'm done after this i felt so i saw this movie this was not the first I've seen this one. But when we discussed the prompt, I was like, oh, this one's definitely going to be in there. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know that definitely I've seen the this one. The ground. Good. Cool. But it, I don't know. And it goes to him like, it completely eliminates the it's what you don't see fear factor um, from the story. And it, it even has him like taking his mom's body and like putting books in the grave. Uh, like they reflect on like after she's dead, it, him poisoning her and her yeah. boyfriend. And it just like, it gives the whole origin story and it, it just removes the, Oh, the, the scariness of it's what, what's unknown and what you don't see. It just like, it gives you a made for TV version of. Yeah. <clears throat> what you do see, you know? Yeah, no, I got you. So, it doesn't sound that good. Yeah. So it seems like it uh, fits on our list here. All right. Zero percent. Rotten Tomatoes. Zero percent. Jesus. Uh, I'm going to take us to a, another zero percent tomato meter movie. Uh, this is going to be 2008's The Lost Boys 2, The Tribe. Chris and Nicole came to Luna Bay. Where's the sun? Gives you wrinkles. Looking for a fresh start. Sorry, did I scare you? I'm having a surf party. You should cruise over. But there's something strange about their new friends. You have to see the world the way we do. Never grow. You'll never die. And you'll never know fear again. This was on my list. My mm-hmm. short list. So have you seen this one? Yep. Okay, and have you seen The Thirst? Yep. Oh, see, I have not. Yeah. And that's why this movie's on my list, is because it was so bad that I, I had no desire to see The Thirst. I did just, the Corey Feldman thing, you know. Yeah. It's like, you're in. You're yes. Team Feldman. And that's why I was so pumped about part two, and then I fucking hated him in part two. Um, and it's not him. He still is essentially Edgar. Right, but it's like his voice, the fucking voice. I yeah. can't take it because, and and I don't know. It's like Corey Feldman was practicing the voice for like eighteen years. And do you think like that was him, or do you think that was directing? Like, no, go deeper. Uh, I don't know. I honestly don't. It's know. It's hard to say. He very well could be like, no, I'm. I need it to sound like this. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, quite but sure. it was. It was a little too much for me. Uh, just him in general, but then the rest of the movie is fucking ridiculous. The acting is goddamn terrible. What year did this come out? Uh, 2008, directed yeah. by PJ Pesci. Uh, this movie went direct to video, yeah. as it should. Um, Tad Hilgenbrink. He looks Dad. like a Tad. Do you know? Have you? Did you watch this recently? Have you seen it recently? No, no. I I remember I was still in in college. When All right, I watched so it. yeah, Tad Hilgenbrink. 
is from another movie, and I never thought I'd see this guy in anything else. He is the main dude in the first segment of Amusement. With the car, the car, the guy driving. Yes. Dude, I was just thinking about this, by the way, coming home from Chicago uh, last week. What do they call it? Not carpooling. No, no. uh, Caravan, right? Caravan. Yeah. yeah. And his girlfriend's so fucking mad about it. So mad about it. Are are you following that same fucking guy again? Yeah. Mind you, look, go back to sleep. It's not even like a. Like, well, I'm going 90 convoy. instead of convoy. Seven. Yeah, convoy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it's that dude. Yeah. Um, okay. So this one. Okay, so he's got to save his sister. Him and his sister come into town. Uh, Nicole, I think her name was. And uh, so they, they go into the shittiest version of uh, Santa Carla. Uh, it's like what Santa Carla is and like what we see of it. They go out of their way to show you, like, a different, shittier version of it. So, like, when they're walking down the street, they see our, uh, our Tim, what's our dude's name from the shirtless saxophone player? Oh. Tim, uh, damn it. Uh, and the, the, you know who I'm talking about, the sweaty. Yes. Sweaty, uh, buff saxophone player from, uh, the first movie. And, uh, when, when they're on the boardwalk, he's out there playing, like, I still believe. Uh, that Tim, fucking Tim guy. Capello. Tim Capello, yes. Uh, Funny story about him. He played at a Mexican restaurant in Youngstown, right by us, in Austintown, Ohio. In, and which we didn't is go. Like, we forgot. We we missed the date, but like, on, honest to God, anyone that lives in any kind of like suburban environment, like this is your neighborhood Mexican restaurant. Imagine that. Like, and I'm not talking suburban to New York City. I'm talking suburban to. Middle America. <laughs> America. Yeah, yeah, Midwest. And this was like four years ago. He came through here. Yeah. God damn, All right, so the beginning of this movie, they're taking you down the street, and you see like a dude playing for tips that looks just like that, but like 100 pounds heavier. Hi, I'm Jim Capone. And he doesn't look oiled <laughs> down. He just looks sweaty and shitty. <laughs> And, uh, so like, I don't know what they were going for there. Like to show you that Santa Carla is now even shittier 10 years later or whatever. Uh, but so the sister gets tangled up with Shane who turns out to be Kiefer Sutherland's younger half brother named Angus Sutherland, who is (laughs) half the fucking actor Kiefer is maybe less than half. Wait, that's his actual, actual half brother. Yes. Yeah. I wasn't making that one up. Um, he is terrible at acting and you know what they do with this movie? They essentially make it point break, but with vampires instead of like bank robbers. That's essentially what this movie is. Shane is supposed to be the Patrick Swayze character. He's fucking awful. This movie's awful. Um, Corey Feldman did his best to try to save it, but he couldn't. A little too deep with his mouth. A little too deep. Uh, We got to see my boy Corey Haim at the very end at the credit sequence, which the scene made zero sense. Like, I don't even know what was going on. Were they fighting to the death there? I I don't know. Uh, But even Corey Haim and Corey Feldman couldn't save it for me. And you know me, I'm one of the biggest Corey's fans out there. Yep. So, uh, yeah, no, the tribe is a big loser for me. Zero percent tomato score makes sense. Even lines from Corey, like, pop goes the weasel. 
uh, didn't pay dividends in this one. They used Cry Little Sister from Gerard uh, McMahon. They even tried to like throw that song back in there. Yeah. The thing is, is they tried so much to like give you references to the first one, but you're like, I'm sorry, but this sucks too bad for me to care that you're throwing these references into the original. No, I, 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 I feel you, man. All right, so buddy, what's number four, John? All right, number four. So I'm going to 2001 with a film that has a 19% tomato score, Rotten Tomato score, uh, with a film called Jason X. In the year 2455, on a routine training mission, a team of students is about to discover a life form frozen in time. Wow. They're on their way back. Prepare for docking and power of the lab. You brought them on board? Everything's under control, man. All right. Directed by our buddy Jim Isaac, starring Kane Hodder, Alexa Doig, uh, Jeff Geddes, uh, and this is Jason Voorhees returning with a new look, a new machete. But the same murderous attitude is awakened in the spaceship of a 25th century experience. Um, so let me just, let's start off. I think the opening scene takes place in like 2008 or something is what they constitute present day. At the Crystal Lake Research Facility. Okay. (laughs) Crystal Lake barely has a lake. Do you think they have a fucking research facility? In this bizarro fucking world, they do. And do you think they have these, like, suits, these government entities walking around saying, like, all right, we're here to transport Jason Voorhees. By the way, like, everyone's just a dick in that opening scene. And it turns so quickly into, like, Alien 3. It's this, like, action movie where gun, like, not only guns are being fired, but, like, high-powered rifles are being fired automatic weapons and it's just very like it you, you fall into the crater so quickly from the onset yep um so it's absurd uh the whole movie fu- it it flirts with a a case of mistaken identity cuz like it's action it's sci-fi it's horror um it has some fun kills i guess but it there's no i don't know it's just, it's a parody of itself. So the one comment I have about this is it knows what it is and kind of owns it and it makes it fun. So when you watch this, similar to like Friday the 13th Part 8, like you, it knows that it's not too serious. So there's that. But also, it's just not a good movie. No. Yeah. Uh, but like the frozen face shattering kill is one that's, of the best that's in the my, whole that's, franchise. Yeah. That's my favorite for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's lost in, in terms of identity, uh, but it owns what it, what it is, I guess. Um, at the same time, uh, it's, it, it rides up that line. Yeah. Flying. Yeah. It, it's pretty much like a sci-fi original sort of feel to the directorship, though. It's definitely more violent and more, you know sexually exposing for sure um 
the teacher <laughs> screaming, you pass during sex. Oh, my with, God. Oh, just so weird. So um, this is your least favorite of the whole franchise? Yes. I mean, this would be in that top five, like, shittiest. Yeah. This might... I think Jason Goes to Hell is probably my, probably takes a cake for me. Is that on your list? No. Oh, it's not. Okay. No. Uh, but I'll tell you what, part eight is goddamn close. So, part it's eight. It's got a few scenes that save it. <clears throat> yeah. Part eight, I think, still, though they depart from it, and <laughs> they somehow find the canal that. I mean, leads dude, from like it the is... local uh, lake to the ocean. Um, part eight, I it still touches upon at least it starts within the realm of like camp, like camp, camp, yeah. camp, camp, camp. You know, like Camp Crystal Lake. This isn't goddamn space. Yeah, yeah. it's in space. No, I got you. So, um, that was like somebody was drunk and was like, "Can we do it?" Like yeah, no. This we, is we honest we, to God, someone it. took edibles yeah. and was like, "Exactly, yeah, dude, let's let's map this out." And then someone got a call three weeks later. They're like, "All right, cool." So I got funding, and they were like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait." Well, we're what? really doing this. We're doing this. I please, smoked like seven joints. Please don't night. put my name on this. Yeah, yeah. So. so here we are now, two fucking nerds talking about how much they hate it. Yep. All right. Well, that's my uh, my number four, man. I love it. Yeah. All right, so I'm going to wrap it up with probably everybody's collective, maybe number one for this franchise. I don't think there's much uh, debate. I'm going with uh, 2002's Halloween Resurrection. Tomorrow night, you will enter the childhood home of our most brutal mass murderer. The home has been rigged up with several cameras, but for the most part, the audience will see only what you see. Six friends. Are you sure they're not just putting us in some house with hidden cameras in the shower? This is gonna be fun. Have been offered fame and fortune. That's the American dream. All they need to do. All the windows will be boarded up and all the doors will be locked shut behind them. No one will be allowed to leave until the show is over. You stay the night. Let the danger-tainment begin! Now. You think this is the one that he used to, you know, do his thing? The webcast is live. One flash and you can light up a thousand computer screens. You are like this close to getting voted off the island. The stage is set. Has anybody else seen this? That worked perfect. Whoa! It's all fake. We've been set up. We're only trying to give America a good show. But the house. Wait, what just happened? We just lost Bill's camera. Trick or treat. <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. 12% Rotten Tomato score. Really? Uh, 12%? Yeah, which is fucking terrible for this. That's less than Jason yeah. X. Yep. Yeah. Uh, less that's than le- Stepfather Part 3, John. That's <clears throat> less than half of Leprechaun 5. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, everybody's favorite Buster, uh, Buster Rhymes classic, classic. I can't talk. Uh, you get me talking about Buster Rhymes, I get all flustered. Yeah, Buster uh, So this movie takes place three years after the events of H2O. This is the last movie in that timeline. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, of course. Buster Rhymes. Uh, we got Tyra Banks. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, pulled a similar, uh, hey, I'll be in the movie, but I need to die in the first 10 sure. seconds. Yep. 
Brad Laurie plays Michael Myers in this one. Uh, and then we have a whole cast of fraternity and sorority sisters and brothers uh, that are up to no good in the original home of Michael Myers, uh, looking for clues as to what might have caused Mikey to turn into a baddie. Um, this is just a shitty movie, right? I mean, there's just not much to uh, make it good. Like, I don't mind the asylum scene at the beginning. I've said that before. I don't really mind that. I feel like it, it adds like a creepiness. Like, it's not necessarily scary, but, like, that whole... Yeah. Asylums, to me, are scary. They are. So when you put me in one, especially with that fucking kid narrating and with, like, all what, the killers... What year ugh. was this? I was 2002. All right, so this was, like, mid-real-world real uh, road rules bullshit kind of the craze of MTV doing Like the webcast style type stuff. Of, yeah. Yeah. So you got to appreciate, you have to appreciate them trying to make the attempt to like cater to the audience, I sure. guess. Yeah. I'm trying to find a way to think no, positively I get it. about I get this, what they were doing, yeah. It just wasn't good. I do like Decker's character. Um, I guess we relate to him because he's like the nerdy. Yeah, he's not yeah, like a total to... nerd, but he's like that, that character that we always like. That tweener. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Enough of both worlds. Like the handsome, yeah. charismatic, dorky kid. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can, everybody can relate to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this this movie is not my least favorite of the franchise, I'll say. So, this, again, goes into that, like, remake type stuff. I'm not counting. I'm counting the original franchise. Do you still have one that you d- no, dislike more? Halloween 2, Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah see, I didn't, I didn't even go into all that for this yeah. one. Um, I could have done that because I did that with Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Uh, but for this one, no, I, I just feel like this movie is... Um, like, I mean, this is I, certainly not, I like just this, under. The thing is, is I like this movie as a singular entity. Do you uh, watch it every year? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Certainly. And it's, and it's, not, like, like it's not like when I watch Jason X where I'm like, ugh. I have to watch Jason X. Uh, but, like, you do, I mean, because even the fucking most ridiculous shit, which is Busta Rhymes, like, fucking yelling at Michael Myers, like, scolding him. It, or, like, like, shit like that is, the, like, I'm... Chinese, like, karate noises. Yes. But shit like that I'm smiling at. You know what I mean? And I'm, like, shaking yeah. my head in a laughing way, and, like, I'm enjoying every fucking second of it, even though it is so fucking stupid. Um, I do have a good time with this one, and I look forward to, like, watching it... Uh, when I do watch it, it's like, all right, I'm I'm at this one that I have to watch now, but I'm not necessarily pissed about it. Yeah, this is like a a good one to like start the season with because it's kind of disposable, you know. For sure. Yeah. Uh, Katie Sackhoff, who was in Oculus, she yeah. played the mom. Yeah. I I like her as an actress. I fucking hate her in this movie. <laughs> oh God, I like I can't even. You know what's funny about that is there's a commentary or something. Um. One of the bonus features on the on that disc, <laughs> uh, the fact that there's bonus the, features for the movie. She she's the main girl, right? The main the blonde. She's not the she's not the one Deckard is like talking to. She's the I'm talking about the woman. the blonde okay. friend. That oh, rap, she's that, the mom who. It's weird because the main the character in this has red hair. Yeah, but the mom in Ocu- Oculus has red hair. 
It's not okay. So she's a blonde woman in this movie. Yes. Okay. Um, the one who's just overly like bubbly yeah. and giggly yeah. and. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I saw some sort of interview with her or something in the bonus features, and she was like so embarrassed, like watching herself back on this because it was like her first. I think it was her first movie. So she God. like was talking about how the inexperience shows, and she kind of yeah. is embarrassed by by that. But uh, which goes, which makes sense because I just cannot stand her fucking character. Uh, but she's a great actress. Uh, but anyways, the God, movie she's so is so fucking good in Oculus. Yeah, it's dude, crazy. so good. Uh, but this one is just like I don't know. They send the kids in and look for fucking clues as to what made Michael bad. Like it's just so dumb to begin with the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you summed it up. Like the Deckard characters, I like him. Um, the I like the fact that there's a Halloween party going on, so you kind of have those two like things going on. You have that Halloween party, which is great, and it's. But the problem is, like, it's it's equivalent to making a movie that's predicated right now on TikTok, which is probably a platform that's going to be irrelevant in 15 years. You know what I mean? Like this is technology that nobody fucking uses yeah. now, and yeah, nobody really used too much even then. Yeah, exactly. So I think it just was a miss for for that reason, and then yeah. couple that oh, with Fear uh, Factor in Michael Myers' house. Yeah, uh, yeah it's just like uh. again, this was someone getting stoned and being like presenting an idea, and they were like, "Oh yeah, fuck yeah." Also, this came out, so we said it was 2002, right? So this is before people could hear the premise, like, in spoilers, and then fucking bitch about it online, (laughs) Yeah, which could almost, like, sway the people to be like, oh, this, you know what, Uh, based on what I'm seeing on the internet, this TikTok uh, movie idea is not good. Yeah. Uh, this was before all that, so like you didn't have us finding out this is what it was going to be. With yeah. all the confidence in the world <laughs> right. that this was going to be a success, yeah, it's crazy to think about that, you know. Yep. All right, so let's go to your last one, which isn't really a flop. I would say okay, so this is going to be the most contentious of the the bunch, um, and I don't hate this movie, but it's my least favorite of the franchise. Definitely, so, definitely the least favorite. Uh, but I'm going to go with Scream 4. What's your favorite scary movie? Here is my Whisper Massacre anniversary question. What is your favorite scary movie? What's your favorite scary movie? One generation's tragedy is the next one's joke. What is your favorite scary movie, man? I'll show you. <laughs> This week marks the anniversary of the infamous Woodsboro murders. Local celebrity victim, Sydney Prescott, chose to return to her hometown. Welcome home, Sydney. Watch the preview of coming events. What do you want? Who is this? He's trying to do ghost face. I'm standing in the closet. So, Scream 4, 2011. This movie actually has a 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. There we go. Yeah. So, my total... We have a winner. Yeah, my total of all five movies I picked was 113%, um, which still is embarrassingly low. Uh, but, yeah, this is the best, you know, accounting for over half of that, obviously. 
so this was directed by Wes Craven, written by Kevin Williamson. The whole band was back together for this, starring, you know, Courtney Cox, David Kett, Nev Campbell, uh, introducing some new blood with Hayden, you know, Hayden Pantieri. Uh, but this was 10 years after everything that happened in Woodsboro and Sydney Prescott has her life back together and it's all in part to her, her writing and her, her, her tour, her book tour. And she's visited by Ghostface the killer again. Yeah. So there are a couple things that frustrate me about this storyline. So a, like I, again, I would much rather have this movie than not have this movie. Um, and I'm so glad that Wes Craven got to do another one, especially now that he's no longer with us. So this is not me trying to disparage him or this franchise, but if we're talk if we're having this conversation about the weakest of the franchises, this one is the weakest for me. Yeah, I feel like it goes back and forth for people between three and four, uh, but for us, it's definitively four. Yeah. Um. So the reason for for me is the the weakest link is because. I feel like the Sydney character is the crux of this entire franchise. And I feel like in this movie, she has sold out, you know, and she has become the Gail Weathers character of she's like, all right, I'm going to commoditize what happened to me and I'm going to do book tours and I'm going to sell books and I'm going to speak in public and I'm going to be this like fucking Joel Osteen character. (laughs) Character. Yeah, but I feel like she's doing all that begrudgingly, you know. I do, but like that's her, you know. Yeah. Like that's the reality. Yeah. That's that's the picture that's being painted. Um, so that that bums me out. Uh, I also am bummed out. Well, that's why you like when the publicist gets killed because she's the one driving that. driving that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, again, uh, Wes Craven's meta. This is probably in response to like the zillions of like scripts and ideas that have had come in 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 tandem with this and he was probably like oh goddamn like we're going to we're going to get meta here again in this franchise about how even the production came to be cuz killing the publicist was probably part of what you know everyone wanted on a daily basis here uh, and it was still Kevin Williamson so it still had his exactly touch yep but I also like in terms of cinematography, like I, the scene where Sydney's doing her her, uh, like walk through Woodsboro, going into the bookshop, and Gail Weathers comes in. The way it looks like uh, D Reynolds in that fucking episode of It's Always Sunny when she's under that bright <laughs> that bright light, you know yeah. what I mean? It's just too. It's, I don't like it's what airbrushed. they did with the lighting. Yeah, it's airbrushed. The sun like reflecting off cars is like. You need sunglasses to watch it. Yeah. I, I just don't like what they did there. And I don't know, like, I just didn't understand it and its relationship to the, the story. And the other thing that really annoyed me about this movie was the, the... It's almost like going to a party and you walking in and telling a really funny joke and someone being, everyone laughing hysterically, and then you go telling that joke, like, over and over again the entire night, and by the end, everyone's like, okay, get the fuck out of here, guy. Heard that already. The bumbling cop shtick that is Deputy Dewey and throughout the entire franchise, which is hilarious and funny, 
they do it too much here. Like with the Anthony Anderson character, or the dude that was in the OC, like the handsome dude, like the, the, the bumbling police officer Adam thing. Brody. Yeah. Adam yeah. Brody, like the lemon square thing. Like it's, it's just too much. And yeah. it's like, it, they just beat the shit out of it over and over and over and over again. Um, and it's just, it's, it's a miss for me. A total miss for me. Um, I do appreciate in this similar to, I know we're talking about Halloween H2O or Halloween resurrection, introducing relevant technology to, uh, the time. So scream four definitely, you know, got with it with the, the, the tech piece. I think here it was more, more timeless and more relevant and kind of cool to see. Um, and definitely the TV show, I think picked up on similar similar components to that and brought it into the TV show. So I, I definitely appreciated that, but um, the cinematography for the most part, I think was good. I thought the lighting, like I said, in those couple scenes, like really sort of was frustrating, but it's well shot. The kills are cool. Um, the ending is definitely uh, really neat, and it pays homage to the original and to the franchise in uh, a few different ways. Um, you know, having two killers and stuff. So I think it's fine. Uh, but in terms of the franchise itself, this is a uh, for me the weakest link. Yeah, uh, it is the weakest link. I like this movie a lot more than I did. Um... When, when I first, first saw out. it, yeah, yeah. and I'm, I've watched it, you know. I remember being, like, actually pissed yeah. after it first came out. Well, so I remember watching it with a group of friends, um, ironically talking about the episode we just did for Patreon, but um, I remember watching it. We were all playing cards. We had some friends in from out of town, and we put it on. And I remember just, like, several times going, like, man, ugh, it just isn't that good. Uh, but I've it's grown on me since a little bit more. And, you know, like, I love the intro, how they do, like, the four intros or whatever. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I that's the it, meta like, thing it's fun. again. Yeah. 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 It just, it, all in all, it is a fun movie. So, it's, like, to shit on it. And, and it's really not that bad. When you talk about, like, Jason X and Halloween Resurrection, I mean, this yeah. is nowhere near No, the, this is movies. 100% leaps and bound the best, best of all ten films we talked about. This is, without a doubt, the best. And who knows, maybe two years from now we'll be talking about revisiting this topic and talking about Scream 5. Five, yeah. Yeah. But um, in the barn, the barn party scene, like, yeah, there's some good, there's some good scenes in this Yeah, movie. that's the throwback yeah. to, yeah. There are plenty of those, but. All right, man. Well, we ended with something not so shitty. Yeah. I like it. What, what's our next uh, episode going to be? Do we know? <laughs> I was just going to, it's funny, I was just thinking, I don't know what our next episode is, but we have some fun things on on the uh, docket. We're going to do a, we're still not sure how we're going to do this one yet, but we have big plans for a Giallo slash Italian uh, horror episode. Uh, We're still trying to iron out the kinks on how we want to approach that, uh, but it's something that John and I have not done enough of uh, watching, so we want to... Uh, do an episode on it to kind of give us an excuse to dive on into the genre and the subgenre. Yeah. Uh, so if you guys want to check us out on Patreon, like we mentioned, 
uh, please do so. Uh, you can check us out on uh, the web if you'd like some merch at horrordads.com. Um, we're prepping up some new uh, uh, merch designs and some new merch collateral. Yeah, and if you guys have some merch that you want, like mugs or sunglasses. Yeah, let, let us, us know, know what you would like. Um, and An umbrella. Yeah, we're That'd be cool. working through all that right now. So uh, let us know. But thank you all for checking us out. And we love you guys. Bye, guys. Bye.